0: Guys. Hurry it up. I hear something. What? Something fucking weird. Oh, God. Oh, God. No. No. Oh no! Oh fuck! <sighs> Look,
1: there's another one. Oh my god! No! 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 Oh no! No! Guys, let's get out of here now.
2: mackenzie's favorite podcast about movies it's the cinema nine podcast with travis roy eric brandstrom and michael govier well the dog humps a blanket next to me we're glad to be here for you and we're going to talk about 2007's the mist does it hold up or not we'll find out later on we do that in the show and we'll have quarantine viewing pics Uh, we have no email this week either and if i can please beg of you give us a five-star rating on apple podcast that really helps the show it makes a difference and we'd be really grateful if we get one a week that's like a real bonus just one a week uh travis roy what when's the last time you reviewed a pod
3: the last time i reviewed a pod was uh what this pod means to me uh by somewhat recent guest host uh brian seymour that was the last pod i reviewed that was
2: a legendary wow. show yeah right eric
0: yeah, that was a lot of fun <laughs>
2: uh i actually i was talking about that show the other day with somebody that's funny uh but how you doing travis uh you know you on the mend here life looks good you have a beautiful view at your place right now for those of you yeah. on the live stream you're seeing tons of lights full halloween mode candles lit at travis's
3: palace this is this is our very special Halloween episode. So I have some very special Halloween decorations. Uh, yeah, things are going good for me. I'm I'm doing well. I've had a I've had a week and now we're doing the podcast again. And we watched a horror movie. I watched many horror movies. Who am I kidding? It's fucking Halloween week. That's all I've done is watch horror movies. Except for one on accident that wasn't a horror movie that I thought was. And that's that's other than that, it's been horrific.
2: <laughs> it's so funny what you think is horror and what isn't. I, I just didn't consider this movie a horror movie at all. But we could talk about that later. Uh, Eric Brandstrom, yeah. live from Griffith, Indiana. That's a teaser, as they say in the biz. Eric, what's cooking, buddy? Uh, we'll be
0: seeing each other in a week. Getting excited? I'm fully refreshed after a drop-dead gorgeous weekend in beautiful northern Michigan uh we got the family cabin up there and i'm telling you right now it's spellbinding if you've never been to michigan's upper peninsula it's like another world man you look out on lake superior from the bluffs of picture locks national lakeshore it's like being in the mediterranean sea it's so beautiful i recommend anyone check it out um you know podcast have you ever wise, been to the
2: mediterranean I would
0: what love to. you know my father <laughs> served ask if navy. he's ever
2: actually been to the mediterranean <laughs> you know,
0: my, my father served in the navy during in the late 60s and he said uh, by far, that Crete and all those surrounding areas in Mediterranean are just—they're like something out of a dream. I would love to visit it.
2: You should. I would strongly recommend it. Uh, I've seen it once on TV. And... No, I saw it from Israel in Tel Aviv.
0: Oh. That was the only time I mm. saw it.
2: So, uh, but it just looked like an ocean from that point of view. Lovely city on the water. Anyways, uh, Michigan, Northern Michigan. I was talking with a guy when I was in Arizona yeah. last week. He says he lives in Illinois now. He plans to move up there soon. He lo- he says it's so beautiful. Uh, the whole family wants to move there.
0: Yeah, you look up at night and there's no pollution or, or anything. It's just you see every star in the sky. It's it's truly God's country in the true Jim Harrison fashion. Is this all God's country,
2: Jim Jones' country?
0: I don't know. Oh, okay,
2: I thought the <laughs> whole country was God's country, but I never knew exactly whose country was God's. It's Did you just confusing. refer to
3: Jim Jim Jones as God? Yeah, I uh,
2: I was trying to throw in the Jim Jones reference there. Marsha Gay Harden tribute. (laughs) But podcast wise, you were saying, I'm sorry.
0: I gave a review to uh, one of my favorites. uh, Finally, after I've been listening to it for many years. Last podcast on the left. It's like three really funny guys that talk about serial killers and like horror urban legends. I really recommend it. It's a lot of fun.
2: I think everybody knows anybody who's into that at all knows what that is. I've never even listened to it, but I know very much what that show is. Very popular podcast. Really fun. Yeah, they probably make a lot of money. They don't have real jobs anymore. And that's good for them.
3: Congratulations. I got to say, I I've, you know, I've, I listen to a lot of podcasts and, and to toot our own horn for a minute. I, I, I hate fucking like starting a podcast and like having to hit that skip 15 seconds button like right at the start. Like they put a fucking commercial right at the beginning of the goddamn thing. That just drives me up the wall. Uh, any commercials, I'm, you know, but, you know, if we ever get a big enough listener base, don't get me wrong. We'll fucking we're capitalists. We'll modernize the hell out of this. But monetize. It's funny that you mention of- that.
0: I did want to pause Mont-nize. to talk about how uh, delicious this menage a trois red blend is uh, available mm-hmm. at your local grocer. Uh, really good, fine wine. I mean, uh, everyone should pick up and purchase with their hard earned dollars. So, you know, quick little quick little ad there.
2: I watched a movie this week that had a two buck Chuck reference in the film. Two buck Chuck. Remember Charles Shaw? Yeah. 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 This was also a movie from 2007. So that makes sense. Uh, All right. Yeah. So we'll get into quarantine viewing picks. Uh, We hope you guys enjoyed the show. This is our Halloween edition. Don't forget. We will be off next week. No show next week. We're taking a sabbatical. We all agreed. Let's take a week off. Let's not try to force anything.
3: Yeah. We're taking, taking a little break. Um, we might have a little something special when we come back. Perhaps oh. it's possible. We're, you know, if if, if 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 we could record something, just wouldn't be released in a timely fashion. <laughs> is all I'm saying. It's possible. Um, oh, wow, no, it's possible. I'm just not saying That's it's happening. Word. I'm just saying it's a possibility. If perhaps yeah. three dudes were together for the second time since they started this podcast, maybe they'd want to record something together. That's an <laughs> idea. <Yeah. laughs>
2: You know, uh, based on the, our last discussion last week, it seemed like very clearly that wouldn't happen. But uh, I am like what I'm hearing. I like what I'm hearing.
3: I Maybe mean, not a full episode or anything, but some, you know, slurred speech. Concerning you get, uh, yeah, you get you the get most get, recent
0: Mandy viewing or whatever. You get you get three guys, 300 white claws and an isolated compound in the middle of nowhere. Anything could happen. I mean, <laughs> yeah, your brother's true.
2: bringing uh, apple pie moonshine liquor. I, I just got a picture heard, a few hours ago. So guys
0: 190 heard. proof. Yep.
2: And he had all like right. eight. He had like eight jars of it. On, he sent a picture. It wasn't one jar. It was eight jars. I'm like, are you bringing all eight oh, of those? jars? No no no, no,
3: no, no. Club stupid. 2021. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> People, there'll be a riot. Yeah. I guarantee it it won't get finished. It just it won't.
2: So, (laughs) anyways, scary scary stuff. (laughs) I do like those those homemade uh, flavorful moonshines. My uh, sister in law makes one too. It's pretty tasty, I admit. Uh, But it could be trouble, as they like to say. Someone always says, "Hey, that can get you into trouble, though. It tastes so good."
0: (laughs) People said that. All right. Yeah,
2: someone said, said, "I don't know, we'll do something." Uh, all right, so let's get into quarantine viewing picks. Travis Roy yeah, as Command of the Board. Travis, what have you been watching? Is it all Halloween based or no?
3: Um, there was one non-Halloween or non-horror movie I watched this week, and well, besides the one that was, I guess, kind of horror, but I watched Dune from 2021, of course. Okay. Uh, oh, did you, guys, did you guys watch this movie? Have you no. Heard
2: of this
0: film? I have Dune? not
2: had a chance to see that. Yeah, That's like it's, it's that takes a time and a half. Yeah, yeah it's
0: an undertaking. Yeah. So Eric, you haven't What'd watched. What you think? It? No, not yet. I'm not ready I yet. I mean,
3: I feel like there's something wrong with me because I just like it. I don't want to like tattoo the fucking screenplay across my face or anything. I mean, the, the uh, response that people are having is almost off-putting. <laughs> it's like the depth oh wait, what's of... the response? <laughs> people fucking love it. People fucking love it. People love it. Love it, and they've really? announced like uh, yesterday, I think, uh, in our time, they announced a sequel which is good, but I find it astounding that a movie of this stature was made without a sequel already in the works. It's incredible. Right. Because if that was, if what is, was all that was in the end, I mean, you're looking at half a movie. I mean, it's very much half a movie. Uh, and oh, it's wow. a, I mean, and it's a, I mean, it's a, and it's a long half a movie too, uh, but people are really, really enjoying it. I, I of course, liked ah. it well-made, um, but I, 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 a little bit I feel like uh I don't know like I missed something that other other people that most people seem to be grasping
0: that I was just like
3: oh, okay it was good.
0: Did you read What's the Herbert on? novel wow. or no? It's 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 I an anomaly am... to me. It's like you got a movie that I I've already seen iterations of this twice with David Lynch and like sci-fi channels like 2003 movies. So it's basically like the third like remake of like Leonard Part 6 for me. It's like uh I'm sorry. <laughs> I've tried this twice. I'm not that interested but Denny Villanueva. I mean, come on now. Did you ever see the
2: documentary about the guy who wanted to have Pink Floyd do the soundtrack? The guy it never got made before David Lynch's oh, version. Oh, Dune.
0: No, yeah, I, it looked really it's a
2: great documentary. By the way, uh, I only saw it once, and it was like in a blur of of life. But I'd strongly recommend it. I don't even know what it's called, but if you find it, check it out. Yeah. Bottom line, though, Travis, says, this is a second movie in recent memory, which is like the last month that's been released, where we've had a discussion about is there more. Because that's we kinda had at least somewhat of a similar conversation when we watched Many Saints of Newark.
3: Well, this is significantly better than Many Saints of Newark. It's an, I mean, like well, I mean, they're both real well made films in terms of production design and, and and how it looks and stuff and acted, don't get me wrong. But Eric, I'm he's walked away. But I'm telling you now, this is this is a movie Eric's gonna fucking he's gonna love this movie. He's gonna he's gonna be a fanboy for this movie. I'm calling it right now. Um other films I watched um you know it's the halloween season so i checked out hocus pocus for like the hundredth time or maybe like the tenth time somewhere in there (laughs) uh it's always fun to watch that movie but every time i watch hocus pocus i'm like oh yeah fuck these are this is like you know child murdering undead witches it's just just actually kind (laughs) of hardcore
2: i haven't seen it since the 90s i when i watched it like for a year straight but i I don't remember anything about it now other than bet Midler's nose
0: Turn, it's, turn on you know, the TV right now. It's on, like, 10 channels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, I watched
3: uh, – a, that's a pretty fucking good um, – uh, what do you call it? Found footage horror film, which is usually not my genre. Uh, people have been telling me for a while to watch 2015's Hell House, LLC, yeah. This movie was really fucking good. Fucking awesome. Um actually I probably I should have this is probably my main recommendation for the week was was Hell House LLC. I mean this was this was a scary film, a good premise. In short you have like a you know like a haunted house company that goes from place to place setting up haunted houses that sets up a haunted house like in a, in what turns out to be a literal haunted house. Um it was it was very good and oh. uh, I enjoyed it. Oh, I watched Fright Night from 1985. You don't say. Uh, yeah, you don't say. I think it's like my third or fourth <laughs> time this year. Um, Jesus, you know, man. but I swear every fucking time I watch that movie, I get something new from it. You know, I just I just enjoy it more every time. This time I was really into the score, and um, and I was also really into you know fucking Chris Sarandon's performance. But I also really enjoy <laughs> how Jerry like um he could kill all of. Uh, Charlie's friends at once, but he very deliberately gets them like one by one. trying and like, and he could get them like uh, while they're alone, he could get them in a crowd. It doesn't matter. He's just like fucking with Charlie. I don't know. I just really love this movie. Um, <laughs> Have you still haven't seen Hellraiser though. Yeah, no, I still haven't seen Hellraiser. Totally, okay. totally saw that available and went, yeah, yeah. Someday. Like, watch Friday right <laughs> night again. <laughs> Jesus. Um, although I did watch a movie I'd never seen before, that's, uh, you know, I, I I mentioned that I liked Halloween Kills last week, but there's a couple Halloween movies I'd never seen. I'd never seen Halloween three, and I'd never seen uh, four, uh, which yeah. I still haven't seen four, but I watched three, and, um, you know, a lot of folks shit on this movie. I was thoroughly entertained. Um, I was entertained. It's a fun, fun, different. fun film. Are you I not entertained? Was, I, I was, in fact, Entertain. I watched, uh, Mike, for you, just for you, I watched a 1989 (laughs) horror movie called Society. Um, Oh, God, no. You watched watched Society? I watched Society and oh i watched it while i ate dinner that <laughs> is so out. gross bad call that movie was gross as fuck but oh. um, luckily dinner was in the first part <laughs> and it takes a long time to get to the gross business but once it gets gross i mean clearly some big thing the thing you know wrap up team kind of um inspiration here but like just ratcheted up drastically to the whole next level um and not 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 as good um, in terms of oh. quality but, but a hilarious and gross in, on many different levels gross uh horror movie society um i watched a um i was yeah we're ready to talk the mist and i definitely watched the mist but um i watched a pretty decent film uh, kind of a teen vibe from this year an amazon made for horror made for amazon horror movie called black as night it's, it's set in new orleans uh and it's um you know, there's uh, it's Keith David. Uh, he's not the he's like the bad guy, and uh, you, you want know Keith David in a vampire movie, man. Keith David in a vampire movie that's that's a that's a good combination right there. And this movie's very much for teens, like I said, and so there's some parts that are kind of eh, but I really liked Black as Night, I thought it was a pretty fucking solid horror movie. Last but not least, uh, I don't know why Hulu told me this movie called Exit Plan from 2019 was a horror <laughs> movie because it definitely was not. And Mike, we'll discuss what you know my criteria is later, but um. This movie called Exit Plan from 2019, it starts it stars Nikolai koster Valdau. And um hey! and he and he, if you like into Jamie Lannister, this is like the exact opposite role, like really solid performance of him from him, like really kind of meek and scared. Um, but also is this the like prison with, movie? No, uh, no, 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 not even <laughs> close. Like, that. no, like he's like a fucking hard ass in that movie. He's like he's like a meek in this movie. He's like oh, small. Oh meek. He, yeah, no, he's like he's a he's very like subdued. Um, gentle person, and um, and while it's definitely not a horror movie, it's an interesting movie. It's kind of a take on the um, you know, classic uh, Hotel California thing. He checks into a hotel that he's not gonna that no one checks out of, kind of thing, trying to kind of a mystery here. Um, extremely dark, deals very heavy, very heavily with the theme of suicide. Like, pretty much the main theme of the movie is suicide. Um, but really well acted. Um, uh, some gorgeous cinematography, like the kind of like I'm like looking up the cinematographer to see what else the guy's done, and very little, but it looks incredible. Really well acted. It's sitting at like a five on IMDB. IMDB, so clearly like divisive. Ouch. Well, it's a Danish film, so it's you know it's in it's in Danish and it's in English, so a bit of a mix. And there's definitely like um, you do get the vibe that like. They're not afraid to lean into some dark material and some kind of heavy shit that will probably make <laughs> a lot of audiences uncomfortable. But I really enjoyed uh, Exit Plan, which is one of like like six or seven movies called Exit Plan. So be, be sure you get the <laughs> one with Nikolai koster waldau and, and those are the films I
0: watched.
2: Well, Kanye West says he's a big oh, fan West. of our work. Fuck, so. man.
0: It's a, well, thanks, this man. is the
2: second week in a row, I think, at least, that we've seen Kanye. Good to see uh, you. Kanye thank West, you very thank much. You. Yes, Appreciate very it. kind of you. Uh, by the way, wow. I just before we get to Eric's, uh, the mist has created a tremendous response for some reason. Probably, at least in my view, from my perspective, the biggest response in terms of people chiming in with their opinions on Twitter and already oh, yeah. in the in the reviews here. So Kanye West started off. So the mist was a great movie. Okay. Big fan. A fan. And then uh, Jike? Jike? JK J- uh Jike? I really like the movie Mist. Okay, and wow. then. When do you guys watch the movie? Well, we've already watched the movie. If you're new to the show, we have seven days to watch it from the previous week because we announced seven the movie days. for the seven days, <laughs> like The Ring, and we watched the movie between episodes. So if you haven't watched the movie yet, but it seems like you already have because you like the movie The Mist, then we're going to talk <laughs> about it in detail in about 15 minutes after Eric does yep. his quarantine viewing picks and I'll do mine, so...
3: I watch kind of it. Goes. I watch it religiously Wednesday nights. We record Thursday nights at yeah. seven, seven fifteen. I watch it Wednesday nights so I can digest it for twenty four
0: hours. Yeah, me too. Well, yeah,
2: everyone's got their own uh, routine. The There's no doubt about it. Uh, but there. <laughs> <laughs> There's also uh Derek says uh, I bet Mike loves the mist. Well
0: I haven't oh, even said yeah. anything
2: yet, so you don't even we don't know. We don't know yet. Nothing too uh we'll it to that, interesting.
0: So. I mean we got we got Mike who doesn't like horror movies, and we got Travis who is an unabashed huge fan and very protective of the mist. What will happen? <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll see what happens
0: when we're do apprehensive that. apprehensive coming in uh, this yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's how the show works. So uh, we do our
2: quarantine viewing picks, which started during the original quarantine of COVID. That's why we call it that for those of you that are new to the show. And then uh, we share what we watch and we recommend a few movies. And then we get into the main event. We spend about 45 minutes on the movie that we're focusing on. So that's
0: how it works. All right, Eric, please continue. I often ask myself what the as a huge horror movie fan, what the first horror movie I ever remember watching is. So I'm thinking for many years, and then this this current weekend, while I'm sitting down to watch this film, it dawns on me: this is it, and this is probably why it's not only my favorite movie of the Indiana Jones trilogy, but one of my all-time favorites. Indiana Jones: The Temple of Doom is essentially like a haunted house movie. It's it's so fucking incredible, man! Like uh, I cannot believe I saw this when I was like five years old. Dude's hearts getting ripped out, like people burning alive. Like it's so intense, and still so good. For me it was the thing when i was 5 what's uh, Really? I think beats yours. <laughs> yeah, i couldn't watch that. Thank you Kanye West. Hey, thanks, Thank you man. celebrated Grammy <laughs> award winning artist Kanye West. We appreciate it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's all about Travis's decorations, though. People are loving it very much. That's
3: why you know that's why I'm doing it in a different location than I usually do. I figure I'll show off my Halloween. uh, Real quick, going back to uh, (laughs) it looks it looks great. Stop.
2: There you go. There's a ghost. Uh, Going back to Travis's commentary on Dune. Miles wants to know: Is it worth watching the '80s Dune?
3: I mean, for (laughs) camp reasons, for for you know, like uh, I I wouldn't know that I I don't know that I call it a good movie, but it's worth seeing for like as a cultural kind of. You know, relic. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. McGowan stars,
2: especially if you've watched the new one and you're a little bit younger or newer, and you want to go back and compare. I think it's fun, especially because there's only so much Dune available to you.
3: <laughs>
0: three, there's three Dune. Well, two and a half.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh my god. Uh, you know what? I I told you I would do it very soon after our episode, and I went back. Last of the Mohicans. It's fucking unbelievable, man. Wow. And I watched it again because, you know, my cabin's right next to this beautiful... So you found it. You birds. did find it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I apparently own it. <laughs> I will watch this no matter what, I will watch you again, no matter what occurs. <laughs> fucking awesome, man. I'm so glad I wasn't like, oh, shit. What was I thinking? Incredible, man. <laughs> uh, other than that, I watched a few more... that i've seen a million times et it's been a hell of a long time gorgeous movie Uh, i was actually going to recommend that
2: as a halloween movie because that's the i was thinking like what what has halloween in it like besides halloween it's like oh et there's a whole big day they all go out
0: kid is another good one from the era that's That's true too all man yeah 80s halloween uh yeah, Butch Cassidy's, fuck, what can you say? It's a, one of the best screenplays ever, top top five screenplays ever written, William Goldman. Uh, Kiss the Girls, it's been a hell of a long time since 96's Kiss the Girls. And, you know, in theaters, I remember really enjoying this. And in fact, I really fucking love Morgan Freeman in this movie. I, I wish we would have seen more of his Alex Cross. A long time spider, not that good as far as prequels are concerned, but he was really solid as this detective. And uh, I, I dug the film, man, Carrie Elway, Billy Zane is the voice of the killer. It's, it's fucking fun. Nothing? All right. Nah, No, thanks.
3: Huh? <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Uh, Speaking of... Way,
2: uh, Travis is getting a huge amount of love here. He needs a lineup for his beard and oh, like nice. your hair. Uh, I don't know if that's like an inside joke. Do you know this person, Travis? Because they seem like they know you. So
0: Yeah, you know Jake Moner? They yeah. like my hair. <laughs> <Is this laughs> my
2: hair? So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. Yeah.
0: Travis has fans. I tried to watch. Oh my god. Have you ever seen this movie Quigley Down Under? Of course. <laughs> Do you watch any horror movies? What the no. fuck? It's Halloween week. Dude, I, I didn't have access. There's no um, cable north of my cabin. There's just like oh, all the movies yeah. I've seen a million times. I tried to watch fucking Quigley Down Under. <laughs> it's fucking stupid.
2: Her alibi? Do you have that one too?
0: And this is I don't man, understand how this this is a film. Like literally Mr. 3000. Dumbest score I've ever heard. My Mr. Oh, Mr. Baseball, oh, Mr. Baseball, Mr. Baseball. Sorry, Baseball. Eric. Oh. We're just. I love Mr. Baseball, but all right, go ahead. Sorry. Listen, just, Tom uh, Selleck to is like one of the here. most handsome men I've ever seen in my entire life, but I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know this this performance in this film. I I had to turn it off. It was out of control. It was so stupid.
2: He's charming. He's just a face. He's not a good actor.
0: Those dimples were beautiful beyond. Gorgeous, charming, but the film. I, I don't know, man. Couldn't get down quickly down under those dimples. Fucking sorry to hear that.
3: Welcome to the podcast, Selects Dimples. Actually, it's
2: kind of a reprieve because usually people just talk about his mustache. So if anything, it's a fresh take. I will say that. I'll take the
0: dimples over the mustache. Other parts of the man's face, they exist. (laughs) Beautiful blue eyes, too. That's it for me.
2: (laughs) All right. Oh, that's that's not what I expected either, Travis. Yeah, that was a surprise. But
0: you're stuck up there. Even if you're... In your
2: cabin, there should be old horror movies on VHS what or something.
0: I don't know. A lot of Westerns. A lot of Westerns.
2: So, uh, Magna P.I. is a gorgeous man. Yes, he, he is. He's yeah. handsome. I admit that yeah, very really. handsome uh All right. So I definitely uh, got down on some film this week and I made sure to, I, I started doing a list again. So I wouldn't screw it up because I've been making good. some mistakes recently. So let's, let's get going with this. I saw Drillbit Taylor.
3: You guys ever watched this <laughs> movie? I turned it off, man. I, it turned that movie it's written
0: killer. by uh john seth Rogen and i believe uh goldberg it's the team john, up of dude, it's written by john hughes what they, 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 yeah it's written by john hughes and those guys did a polish on his original script oh, oh shit! Oh, no, it's, john hughes.
2: it's not mentioned yep. okay well it's not mentioned in the credits yep. so i
0: edmund dantes I, he uses a pseudonym for that one check it out
2: but i mean it, it doesn't even mention that so I'm pretty sure i missed that but wow that's a fun fact i didn't know uh it's not very good travis you're right it's i don't know how i didn't turn it off but i stuck with it um it's got leslie mann which brings back memories of the debates we had on this is 40 about her career and this is an apatow production as well so shocker. shocker um but Owen Wilson, you know, he's just so great. He really Shocker, he's great really? in this mo- He's great in this role in this movie. And Danny McBride, early Danny McBride, plays like his homeless sidekick, it Was pretty funny. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, <don't laughs> I mean, know. It's just a funny But it sucks because like the
2: kids the kids are the focus and I'm just not into these kids at all. That's I think kind that's of why a I did it off, right? too. Yeah, you I just weren't like yeah they're They're, nerds okay you're nerds sure we all we we know that story i don't know they just just weren't magnetic i was just like i'm not feeling it so uh steven roots in it he's always good for a laugh but that's about it not a good movie i would say overall i watched a movie called blue caprice did you guys ever catch this one this is on uh showtime so if you want to go back in the showtime archives uh man it's intense it's about the dc snipers remember the dc snipers in 2002 yeah. fucking crazy yeah. and it just took me on a wormhole hours and hours of research oh, yeah. on lee boyd malvo and john muhammad the guy who basically brainwashed this kid who was abandoned by his own mother in antigua and brought him to america i mean it's just really sad i feel terrible i know this kid murdered people but he was a kid it's fucked up it's really fucked up and this is not a documentary this is a drama and stars isaiah washington as the oh, main no job shit. Yeah, it's Muhammad like the it's, guy uh, who
3: brainwashes this kid. Creepy good casting. I mean, he's Yeah, scary. and Tim
2: Blake Nelson's <laughs> like his his scumbag partner too. So it's really I really want to recommend Blue Caprice. It's a uh, it's not just about like each individual shooting, it's really about the genesis of how they get to that point. Mix again like actual 911 calls too. It's weird. It's like reality and mm. all supposedly authentic yeah. stuff that they talked about. So. Huh. Wait,
3: wait real cool. 911 calls are in there.
2: Yeah, like in the beginning, in yeah. the credits, they, they have all the real 911 calls, and then they uh, they, they kind of mix in one or two later when there's some a couple shootings. But uh, Matt Wilson says, if you ever watched iSniper on the Vice channel, it's a great miniseries. I did
0: not see that one. So. No, no. Dark Side of the Ring is on Vice, though. Check that out. It's fucking unbelievable. <laughs> He's always got to get that one in. <laughs>
2: uh, But there's just no... It's a senseless murder spree, too, so it really fucks with people's heads, and it really is wild shit. It's just a... <laughs> I could talk about it for hours. Um, Maybe we will at the feast. Uh, I watched a movie called Crisis. This is a brand new movie starring Army Hammer and Gary Oldman. And it's about the opioid crisis. It, It takes, it's a vignette and it's based in Detroit too. So it's like, oh, okay. In Detroit and Canada border and the stuff coming across. And Gary Oldman plays a scientist who's, Trying to like this company's trying to get approval for this drug, but he knows it's bullshit and all the stuff he goes through. Uh, Greg Kinnear's in it too. It's uh, it's pretty solid. It's a rock solid film. I would give it a a solid thumbs up, and I recommend it. That's also a Showtime venture, I believe. And how uh, many, Eric, how many I, bites yeah. of
3: human flesh would you give it?
2: Uh, I would give it. uh, What's the max amount of bites? <laughs> I don't
3: know. Ask Army. Ninety five kilos. I don't
2: know. <laughs> Man, no shit. Wow. Uh, Eric, I watched a uh, Game Six. Uh, Michael what's Keaton you think? movie. This is weird, man. It wasn't anything yeah. I expected it to be. It was, it's a well, it was bizarre based on film. a
0: play, so it's just so so odd, but yeah. really inter- interesting. It Kind of haunts you.
2: As a sports aficionado, and Game Six of the '86 World Series is a classic, legendary oh, Boston did, failure, no and so yeah. So I was like drawn into that, that part up of
0: it for the movie. <laughs> that's how do I know about sports? <laughs> no, that's
2: all real footage. Like everything you're watching, that NBC footage is all real, and all oh. they they didn't get. They got the rights to all of it, so they mixed it all into the movie, and I don't know. It's still yeah. kind of a weird movie. Robert Downey Jr., Michael Keaton, oh, great in it. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about it, but I want to let you know I watched it. Uh, I watched the Adjustment Bureau. Did you guys ever see the Adjustment Bureau with yeah, Matt was, Yeah,
3: not
1: great. Uh, yeah,
2: not. It's kind of bland, right?
3: Yeah, like bland forgettable. I mean, it's funny, it? Philip K.
2: Dick, and it's forgettable. It's amazing. Oh, oh so funny you mentioned that because I watched Paycheck. Oh i'd never seen paycheck (laughs) which is another philip k dick story
0: and it's not very good no the title says it all that's why everyone signed on (laughs) it's (laughs) but it is shit it's shit it's famously horrible i didn't know i didn't
2: know it was that bad see i i remember like it coming and going but um
0: i'll pay back hey paycheck um
3: yeah i never saw it i mean despite dick and his involvement it just has a reputation for not being a great film so i just Uh, didn't waste my time
2: uh well jake bonair is checking in again you guys should all get together and do the podcast in one place we would love to do that we are not opposed to that at all um if you don't know eric lives in griffith indiana though and it's a little tougher for him to make the trip to michigan all the time but we will do that soon i i assure you uh, yeah, so that was weird. Uh, Paycheck was trash. I'm sorry I watched it. I saw the Fantastic Mr. Fox. Never saw this. I always avoided it because it was like, I don't get ex- as excited about animated stuff or whatever you want to call this. It's not claymation either. It's like a weird Stop animation. Motion. Stop motion. Uh, it was good though. I liked it. I really enjoyed it. It good. was it was it's classic Wes Anderson, but it's like fun stuff with animals and like being human beings. I like that stuff and I enjoyed it very much. George Clooney, good job. Uh, I watched 1999's Best Man, which is uh, like an all-black cast. So it stands yeah. out the time for that too. And uh, I've always liked this movie, and I always love putting it on. I I just think it's it's really entertaining. Like this, the the debates they have. Terrence Howard is great in this movie, and Tay oh, Diggs. Remember Tay Diggs? Like he used to be a thing, man. And uh, <laughs> this Diggs. was like at the height of Tay Diggs' power. A uh, big fan of Best Man. Always want to recommend it, and it's on Showtime, so if you want to watch it, you have that. You are uh, welcome to do so. And uh, I watched the whole trilogy of The Night of the Museum. I never saw one of those, and I watched all three. <laughs> oh I God. just blew it out because <laughs> oh. I'm like, what is the deal with this? They made three of them, and everybody talks about it enough, so it must be something to it, but I don't know. What do you guys – do you
3: guys ever seen these? <laughs> uh, I watched the first one, and I – actually, I watched the first – there's how many? Three? I watched the yes. first two. And uh, I liked the first one, second one. It was, it was enough. To, it was bad enough to make me not go back for the third.
2: <laughs> well, you know, yeah, yeah. just like I do with the Mission Impossible series, I got to go all in. I got to see the whole thing. Of course you do. And regrettably, <laughs> you're right. Uh, you probably are wiser than me, Travis, because the third one maybe. was trash. It's got Ricky Gervais and Ben Stiller and yeah. Robin Williams, and you're like, oh, this yeah. is exciting. But, yeah. I like. All Amy the real. Adams is Adam's in the second one. Is, yeah. She's not the third one. She's in the second one is Amelia Earhart. That's true. So, Oh, there's Andre Brouwer, by the way. I see him right
0: now. Hey, Andre Brouwer. Hey, how you doing? Andre Brouwer. Yeah, he's skeptical. He's, he's
2: being skeptical God. right now. He's such an yeah. idiot, Andre Brouwer. Okay.
0: he's
2: uh, Okay, we'll talk about that. Uh, and then I watched Twins. I hadn't watched Twins in like 30 years. so you
3: know I they Did you hear is that? Is it they happening? Announced a, they announced a sequel of fucking Tracy Morgan.
0: Hey, okay. We've been talking about that for like thirty years, Eddie Murphy was involved. Yeah, I, I guess know. we're probably gonna do
3: it. you're happy I, I
2: would love to see that. A Twins was a huge rotation in my childhood, and it really that. took me back. And I forgot Ke- Ke- Kelly Preston was in it. I was like, Oh my god, it's yeah. Kelly oh, Preston. Oh rest god. in power, poor Kelly Preston. Oh god. That's uh, really sad, tragic. And I'll close it out with this. I watched a documentary called "Bitchin': The Rick James Story." It's fucking great. <laughs> strongly recommended. This guy is talented as fuck, but he was his own worst enemy and uh it's a really complex story. It's to me it's the classic tale of life for people who have talent and people want to be a part of their experience, but then at the same time people they just are their worst enemy so much and they hurt other people and they hurt themselves the most. And this is what it is. Like there's there's something to be offered, but there's also a price and I thought they did a really good job of being accurate and honest and open about all of it. And the guy really, really deserves a lot of credit. Forget all the Chappelle shit. He's very influential in the late 70s and early 80s in his fashion, in his music. And he deserves as much credit as anybody for funk and punk funk, which is a term I never even heard. So, And he pushed that term a lot. So now it's something I'm aware of what's his cool. face travis you're you're not saying
3: i fucking i i cannot think of people who many people whose music i hate more than rick james fucking really i can't stand really yeah that I'm just super all, my whole life i've always oh fucking one of the worst songs i've ever heard in my life oh i my can't imagine God. i mean i just just always detested it mary Jane. Wow. mary
1: Jane.
2: Hello? i mean i'm
3: sure i'm sure he's got some stuff that i would be more okay with than others but like but i think him i think super freak and like you know if you if you want to murder me or torture me and like give me a bad time, <laughs> I hate to give people the keys to the castle here, but that's a good way to do it.
2: That song is shit, and even he's like that song is trash, but it made him a ton of money. So well. yeah, uh, I, right. I got I'm with you there. So.
3: Yeah, yeah um, maybe I should dig a little deeper into my Rick James, but I, I just because I, I like funk, I like funk yeah. a lot actually. And you like I, to dance? He's got a lot I of danceable stuff. So I think I think my dancing days are over, bud. Da- da- dancing you're- <laughs>
2: no, you were dancing a couple months ago to inside. So come on. It's not over. Oh, this is true.
1: That's true. This
2: is true. Saying. Yeah, All right. Man. There it is. Uh, Quarantined viewing pics. Thank you very much. That's what we watch this week. So that's what we recommend and take it or leave it. You can do as you please with it.
1: All right. All right.
2: Any old time. Use it. It's time to get into the mist
0: let us pass please let's just talk this thing through we have and we made our decision we're leaving hey mr mackey's gonna barbecue some chicken on the gas grill why don't we so just cool. sit down and what, Just let you keep on talking no i've been in far too many courtrooms to fall for that you've already psyched out half a dozen of my people already your people
1: what kind of talk is that they are people that's all
0: now now listen everyone we are experiencing some kind of disaster i don't know whether it's man-made or natural but i do know that it's definitely not supernatural or biblical. And no offense, Mrs. Carmody, but the only way we're gonna help ourselves is to seek rescue. We're going out. Brent, look. I'm not discussing this any further. I know. I just want to ask a favor. You tie this around your waist?
1: A fool. It'll let us know you got at least three hundred feet.
0: I'll do it. Are you throwing in with them? Me? No thanks. I think your man there is a little too tightly wound. Going to get somebody killed. But I'm thinking we could use that shotgun of yours. I saw where you parked when I pulled in. Red pickup, right? far entrance.
2: Son, you got brass balls. This movie has stirred a lot of debates and uh, really about the ending, too. People, they really kind of fucked me on my Twitter because they're like, oh, man. They, uh, they didn't say no. what the ending was, but they said, oh, the ending, Here man. We I can see that. what you think of it.
3: I saw that. Even when, when even when you posted it, I'm like, someone's going to ruin the ending. for it.
2: They didn't ruin it, but they certainly put, like, a lot of pressure on it, so I was... You head- knew
3: something was coming, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Uh, I, I wanted to share this quick tweet, which was on our Cinema 9 Pod Twitter, which you guys can hit us up at Cinema 9 Pod on Twitter and follow us. This is from Dick Thickrod. That is his name. That is his name. I'm not making it up. The thing I don't like about the movie, if you watch for it especially, is the little kid being conveniently asleep during virtually any scene in which he would have had to witness the worst parts of the horror. That kid would have been wired all night. (laughs) Decent movie, though. (laughs) Seven out of ten. Sincerely, Dick Thickrod, who actually lives in Westland. Uh, Not many people know that. So he's a local.
3: I think that there's some merit to the, to that. I mean, there is a few scenes where he's conveniently asleep, I guess. Um, But also like the kid is, you get the sense that the kid is pretty well traumatized and like, um, like if you're traumatized, there's a lot of ways that you can respond. And I don't think that like bouncing off the wall is necessarily, you know, being bored, like a kid would be one of them, you know, like being kind of catatonic makes sense to me, but I, I, I get his criticism.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Well, we'll talk more about that too. Uh, I never. People don't talk about this movie in my world. This was very foreign film to me. Even last week when you brought it up, I'm like, oh, what the fuck is this? And I was, I'm was surprised. It's not in
3: my world, dude. It's a, it's a classic yeah, well, movie co- in my world.
2: Well, come on. Well, please share us. Here Give us go. your first experience with The Mist. I can't wait.
3: Go. Oh, well, I, this is actually one of the few films that we've done that I have a real sharp memory of the first time I viewed it because I went with my girlfriend at the time and a guy that I was friends with at the time who I was like, oh, you like, he kind of like invited himself along. I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of interesting that you want to, right, sure, we can do like a, you know three of us things so we go and we see the movie and the movie ends and i'm like that was fucking incredible like oh my god like that was how bold blah 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 and um you know our friend is like dead silent and then my girlfriend at the time starts going on about how terrible it was and uh he's just like yeah oh so terrible fucking hated the whole every second of it just like you know madison her like word for word i remember like huh that's weird. Like a few days later, I found out that he was like really actively trying to sleep with her and like steal her away and shit. So I have like this very vivid memory of this piece of shit doing that. Um, But it was definitely one of those occasions where I'm like, uh, is like what's going on that I'm the only one to appreciate this movie. Cause uh, I think, you know, like, but that ended up being the case. I think this is one of those movies that if you like the movie, you probably like it a lot. And if you don't like it, it's uh, you're disturbed by it.
2: Eric, what about you, buddy? I'm sure you saw this.
0: Two words, Frank Darabont. I mean, we're talking about an unbelievable filmmaker. Even majestic aside, I'll give him a pass. When he makes another movie, you get to the theater immediately opening night, as I did. Walked out of the theater, blown away. Loved it. Loved every second of it. Could even appreciate the ending. I got a lot of thoughts about the ending. But we're talking about something that was a game changer in 2007 after seven plus years of torture porn with the Saw franchise and the Hostel franchise. Yeah. Finally, somebody gets back to basics and makes an actual fucking B-grade horror movie worth a good goddamn.
3: And let me um, jump back in real quick, Mike. Um before we get to you. Also, this is one that I had like I, this is one of the very first Stephen King stories I'd ever read. I read this novella when I was I think 9 um and like it was my my one of my favorites uh growing up. Like I was just like it was something I was really actively wanting a movie for. I was always like, this, like they make these other Stephen King movies. I'm like make the fucking mist. Yeah. And then they finally made the mist and and I'm like okay, my expectations are high and they exceeded them.
0: We were big skeleton crew guys back yeah. in the day, Travis. Well, you and me teams. were like survivor type and uh, the Mist. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, m- yeah, Mist is different seasons, but yes.
3: Uh, I don't know about <laughs> that. All right. that's, the, that's the body, Winter Tale, Shawshank. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I was thinking about Bat Pupil. You're right. Because I, I was looking into that recently. That's a oh, well, incredible.
2: Right.
0: incredible novella. One is, of the best novellas great. out there. Yeah. Wow.
2: Uh, yeah! Well, I never saw this movie, so I have nothing to report. This is my first viewing, so let's go into the IMDb. I did not look it up. I don't know what the score, so I'm really looking forward to guessing the uh, score yeah, on this nice one. I
0: uh, saw. I can't avoid it. It's everywhere. I didn't mean well, to I'm going to say.
2: I'm going to say this is a seven point seven.
3: That's high. That's high. Um, I believe it is a 7.1 or something like that. Seven seven or 7.1. Oh wow! You got it.
2: Well, that's shocking. Yeah, seven one exactly.
3: I mean, in the sevens, that's 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 good. I think for um, I mean, there's not a lot of movies, honestly, horror movies that make it much higher than seven. And um, before we get deeper into the um, into exploring this film, I really got to know what what is it about this movie that makes you feel that it's not a horror movie?
2: Uh well, to me, it's just a it's a suspense. It's just a semantic terminology. It's just to me, it's very a suspense driven movie, which horror can be suspenseful. So but I just the first thing that comes down to me is this is a suspense thriller.
3: But I mean, super, like, there's supernatural elements. It's
0: literally a creature feature. True. Yeah, I don't get that. Once you see a monster, it's horror. It's horror. Period.
2: Yeah, but I they mean, also they try to ground it in reality with the military yeah, creating yeah. this thing. So it might not be supernatural. That's, That's a what I'm a byproduct saying,
0: so. of this, the story, though. It's, That's it's your horror.
2: opinion. That's why I'm well, saying I horror. don't I didn't
3: see it that way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is like we talked about this recently on the show. Is is like the the uh, you know how capacious horror as a genre is, and it can be so many different things. Um So I, I do agree that there's like suspense elements and that kind of stuff. But like, uh and you know, you know, arguing genre is like you know, angels on a pinhead. But I got, I mean, yeah, yeah from, from from my <laughs> point of view, I mean, like supernatural or at least otherworldly elements combined with creature feature kind of stuff and people trapped somewhere fighting these fucking things. That's like classic horror to me.
2: Yeah, that makes sense too. Uh, it could also be an action movie, but I don't, it's fine. It's horror too. It's it's not, not horror. It's just something that didn't come to mind immediately for me. Okay. But then again, you know, I'm not that guy. So what the hell do I know? Uh, nobody would ask my opinion anyways.
3: We are as literally as as asking that, your opinion. You are hosting a yeah, fucking no, yeah, podcast. People literally in the know of, of horror. Dozens of people. Tens of people thousands of People are saying. The guy. By the handfuls, people were listening to
2: this. <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, 71% from the critics is 65 yeah. The audience kind of pooping on this a bit. Um, <sighs> I mean, it's a solid get, score, speak, but speak it's... Is it. oh. that my dogs?
3: No, 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 no. Can't find the guy with the
2: squeaky toy. Uh, can't find the squeak. <laughs> so let's see what the critics have to say about oh The Mist. Hey, uh, here. Hey, Yoshi, come here. Give me that. Hey, go to bed. Oh, yeah, I love you. Uh, yeah, that's how I, that's how Jesus. I handle dogs. Nope, go to bed. I love you. Uh, right. So, Funnily, we're I don't for
0: good- feel so bad for having a family after
2: a year of <laughs> abuse from you guys.
1: Abuse. Good. Bring, Bring it. it.
2: Ah, looking for goody coons and uh, can't find goody coons. Sorry, guys. Um, but we're always looking be, for them.
3: Might be Destin right. I mean, this would be right before he retired from the industry.
2: We're and really it, hoping for a Destin Thompson review. We'll start with. Andy, uh, David Edelstein of New York Magazine says, The mist builds toward a climax so wrenching that I hesitate to recommend the film, but I think Darabont earns his vision.
3: Given that, he earns his vision.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't know how you earn your vision. I guess that's subjective, but um, good. Which good
3: director, directors didn't earn their vision? <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> that's, what I, that's a better question, because that would make that... <laughs>
0: It'd make lot more
2: sense to me if I knew who hadn't earned their vision so I could chime in. We uh, need
0: a basis of comparison here. Let's get Richard Golden on the line. Speaking of vision, that's, a, that's <laughs> the bottom line from Lenscrafter CEO. DOC,
2: Business Coke, hell that's yeah. <laughs> uh, which was also redone on Detroiters hilariously. So good to see that. Uh, Rex Reed, of uh, classic Rex Reed, the old man. Is he still alive? Is he dead? Uh, I don't know. But uh-huh. the the mist is one of the best scream fests I've seen in years. And a whale of an entertainment. So he's all he's on it.
3: Hey, speaking of are they still alive? I, I did a weird look. Every single person in this movie, including what's her name, Frances. I always forget her name. The old the woman that plays the old woman. Everybody in this film is still alive. There isn't a single actor in I mean you know maybe some people behind the scenes or something. There's literally not a single actor that's passed in the thirteen years. So hooray for that. Because usually, Yay! honestly, we, we do a lot of films that are older and it's pretty often that I'm watching, you know, a scene with like four or five actors interacting. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're all dead.
2: Oh, <laughs> <Aww. laughs> uh, and also tons of Walking Dead people in this, too, right?
3: Oh, yeah. 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 This is like a, this is like a test run for that crew. Think, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. it was Well, a year later it started. <laughs> I don't know. 2008. Um, Roger Ebert. Bad news. Uh, it is a com- complimently made A competently made horrible things pouncing on people movie if you think Frank Darabont has equaled the Shawshank and Green Mile.
0: He doesn't have to. This is its own movie. I mean, let's get these comparisons out of here.
3: You know, that's funny, though, because that really, I mean, he had done Shawshank and Green Mile before this, so he was in a lot of ways like the Stephen King adaptation guy, but the Stephen King movies he had done were like the lighter fare. They were... They were the, you know, on the stand by me side of things, not the fucking, uh, you know, mangler side of things.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Nailed it right there.
2: How about this shit review from Kyle Smith of the New York Post? I'm scared of a lot of things. Cancer, (laughs) Al-Qaeda, teenagers, land octopi aren't in my top 1,000. Oh, come on. Is that fair?
0: I think it's arguable
3: that the movie in a lot of ways is a reflection of the uh, fears of the era, but all right.
2: Okay, great. Well, I'd love to talk more about that, but I found Bill Goody Coons from Bring 2007, it. November 20th. Bill Goody Coons of the Arizona Republic said, Harden's performance lifts the mist above the rank-and-file horror film. It's not a classic, but it is scary, and you'll definitely leave the theater thinking about the ending. Yeah. Uh, what about Harden's performance? Does it take it above your standard horror fare? Is it that impressive? Is she that dignified
3: i I wouldn't single her out specifically necessarily i i I think that um one of the things though that does make this movie great is you don't get a sense from the performances that like that the er that the actors are acting like they're in a horror movie you know they're acting very there's a lot of really authentic reactions here uh throughout william sadler in particular i think does a really good job of being fucking terrified in this movie um I think that, and I think that, I think that the, so yeah, I think that I think there's a lot of praise that can be heaped on all the actors. It's an ensemble film in a lot of ways. And I think that there's a lot to spread around.
2: Uh Aaron says people hate the ending. It should be a higher score. Talking about our, I think he's right.
3: I think he's right. I think, I think that for a lot of people, seven days, I think that for a lot of people um the ending, like they may have been okay. They may have enjoyed the film, but once it got to that really grim ending, they just couldn't, you know, Embrace it after that. Wow.
0: We joke a lot about, uh, like some a movie by Aaron Sorkin being way too Sorkin or so Sorkin. That's so, I Sorkin. Mean, This that's is that's so Sorkin. so. This is so King. Like, you have all the archetypes there, like the, the nut religious fanatic, yeah, like the the hick that that has a heart of gold and is actually kind of smart, even though he's the out of towners versus the
2: ball. locals, yeah, you have, like all, the, you have
0: all that, but it's very Stephen King, kind of plays out like a really fucking incredible I'm, I'm, clearly I love this movie but TV movie but it does kind of play out like a TV movie but it's it's very Stephen King for me oh does it play yeah. out like a TV movie yeah I'll get that especially yeah. the
3: ending like what, what...
0: very not TV the, the, the majority <laughs> of the film for me feels like a two part miniseries like in it's structure the fade outs feel like commercial breaks And, and fade outs are feels, always failures feels like,
3: I'll give you that fade outs uh, fade outs are crap I'll give you that yeah. Yeah, Um,
0: but otherwise no.
3: Other other than that, I can't go with you. But your opinion,
2: hey, that's what the show's about. We give opinions on the Cinema Eye Podcast. We're talking about the mist. Uh, You know, when this movie opens, it's called the mist, so I know there's going to be mist. Even Mm -hmm. though I didn't watch a trailer or anything, so I wasn't really surprised that there was a mist. Uh, Beautifully shot too. Such a gorgeous. These people are living high on the hog. They live on the water, and there's mountains over there. I mean. It's like paradise over there. So, yeah. the, the fact the fact that this guy later on becomes alienated from the locals, it, it doesn't surprise me. Thomas Jane's character, because supposedly he works in the movies and makes posters or whatever, makes artwork for the film industry. Oh,
3: and he yeah. went to college. Don't forget. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, um, oh shit, sure. that's a real problem. Yeah,
2: when uh when the Shermanator from the American Pie series <laughs> gets murdered <You're> by <laughs> uh he's he, you know that whole scene is really well done. I, I want to give the movie credit there. This, so when the first time they go back with the generator and they're like, oh, the generator made a scary noise, they don't believe Thomas Jane's character, so they go back there and they Great. have this big debate. I, I've, But I kind of, it was well done, but I kind of thought it was, it felt like it was forced. Like this guy immediately didn't believe them. and There's all this weird shit going on and some of the obstinate stances taken by characters in this film bother me a bit. I think that's... But-
3: but you have people dying of COVID still in hospitals, denying that they have COVID, right? I mean, like, I think that they're when when you're dealing with a terrifying and unprecedented uh, kind of thing, um, a lot of ways the mind will just recoil and people will like you know fall back into obstinate you know disbelief. I mean, like, I find like I find Norton the the, the neighbor character played by Andre Brower, uh, extremely relatable and believable not least of which because when we're first introduced to him he's screaming profanity and a machine that won't work properly which i do constantly um yeah, but
0: i'm your neighbor uh,
3: oh my god okay, I'm, as, everything i'm doing to say fuck you fuck you um, <laughs> <laughs> so god help my neighbors but uh i think that his reaction through most of the film is honestly how i think i would react to a lot of right this. Like, um, like you know, I, I, he's he's very disbelieving. He's very self assured. He's, he's very like, no, this is there's you know whatever's going on. Like you know, this is not what's happening. I, I mean, I find he also
2: feels not- alienated, and he's also a black man. And, well, and you I th- don't like that- us
3: uh, out of towners, do you?
2: He's yeah, like, oh, that's like, a lot of code that was- in that.
3: That was nice. Well done. That's a good um, point. Yeah,
2: but it bothers me though that that's it. He goes out. We never see him again.
3: Yeah, I kind of like that. Actually, you uh, why? for a couple reasons um for one it's uh, it kind of harkens back to the short story the novella in um, that um the end of that book to give that away um like the the characters just go off into the mist and you don't know what becomes of them so oh, it, yeah. it, so it's kind of a reference i think to that and for two like you know it, it kind of like it gives you room to be like well maybe they Fared as well as Melissa McBride's character, right? And that's the actress's name who the, one, the short-haired yeah, one who like, right. leaves and comes back yeah. uh, at the end of the film. Like I mean, you know, maybe they did better than you think. You kind of like who knows, or maybe you know. Yeah. I, 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 kind of, I kind of like the um, uh, versatility of the narrative that you can play with for them.
2: Hmm. Okay, Eric, you have any thoughts?
0: I think it's um, all but hinted at that they bid it. So, and for that respect, I don't like the that the, he pretty much took like the only other four black people that were in the store along with him and they all had to go immediately. But other than that, like, I think it was eerie and it's, and it set the stakes really well. A character you agree with, uh, for the most part, like you, you understand his, his side yeah. of things. He's yeah. the disbeliever. So he goes out there and he, he and, and, and it's over for him, but yeah. Yeah, it's a little little murky, but effective as hell. And Andre Brower's performance is fucking fantastic. That's what it is.
1: Yeah,
2: he's strong character. And I miss him like, oh, man, this yeah. guy's not involved anymore. I guess that's just I'm bummed. It's, it doesn't bother me. I'm just like, oh, this I love,
3: Yeah. Andrew Brower is a fantastic actor. And it is a loss, I guess, when he goes. But to me, what the movie's about more than anything else is factionalism, right? It's its how people respond to situations or even if you just put them together. Remember, Toby Jones at one point says this is why we yeah. invented religion Felt and politics is to kill each other, you know. Um, And so so the, what I like about the movie is like the movie starts and there's like, it's chaos. Well, for one, what I like almost most about this movie is that, like, two thousand four is the Dawn of the Dead. It's like, hey, everything's normal, and then in an instant, like, we have all got to fucking, you know, adapt and see what's going on here and and survive this bizarre situation. But like, things start and like it's like unclear who's in charge, what's going on. You know, the the manager is still trying to assert some level of control, and Drayton kind of uh, almost immediately starts, especially like after the um incident with in the back room starts to become like a leader and everyone's kind of like oh okay there's scary stuff going on we got to pile um you know stuff against the door and we got to like do all this and as he's and as people are working together uh for, you know, and that's like the only time in the movie like when at the very re- first reaction the, the people people come together and they work together but like you got one character who's literally praying to lead who's going to cause a lot of trouble and then another character who like starts pulling people aside and like and like whispering understandable doubt in their ear and being like look we don't need to do this and yeah. so very quickly like these factions build and they determine their own leaders and they start kind of like jostling amongst each other within the confines of the store and making their own decisions and the, as much as i do regret the loss of andre brower's character i think that the decision that they make in the film is logical to and motivated by all of what they're doing
2: Ugh, it's a great performance by Marsha Gay Harden, no doubt, but oh it's just God. unbearable, yeah. man.
3: <laughs> I knew you'd hate it. It's, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I definitely was fast forwarding through a lot of her everything she was saying. I just like I know oh, what you're doing. Fuck, I know exactly why? what your character's purpose why? is. You can't fool because I know exactly I what she's it. doing. It's it's not a secret to me at all, and I uh, I want to uh, get to what's going to happen next because this she's going to proselytize okay, and she's going to
0: tell and try to convince people otherwise. Why are you so dead set? On reaching a conclusion to these narratives. Can you not just sit back and watch it so we can talk about it? Oh, I watched most of the movie, but
2: whenever she was doing that, I just didn't give a shit because I knew what she was going to say. And I was right. When I moved ahead, I didn't miss a beat. You don't know. I did, though. I didn't miss a beat.
0: I knew exactly what happened. Are you are you one of those people that will buy a book and then go right to the last page to see how it ends, so you can wait? You do that. That's (laughs) you. You're talking about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You read screenplays like
3: five years before the film is made. There's no
0: doubt about the performance is fucking unbelievable. I have problems with this character in a lot of ways. I'm sure we're gonna get into, but um, let's do it. We're an hour in almost.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Please. It's now is the time.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
0: We're talking. Oh my god! We're 53 minutes in. I yes. don't like. Look, it's it's so easy for movies to be like, let's get somebody that's super religious in there, so they could be the crazy religious person. Uh, this movie does it like in a huge. King did that with Carrie. He's doing it again here uh, with The Mist, and it, it's a little icky for me because people feed off their media and. You watch a movie like this, and you're going to be the type of person that's like, "Yeah, all people that like are are religious are fucking crazy," and they're immediately going to go from zero to eleven in this sort of situation. And that's not the case. In fact, her character Miss Carmody, she, she's pretty much right about everything that she predicts. I just wish some of the other characters is she some of the she's other. She's right about everything. one thing. What do you mean? Well, I mean everything. Everything she predicts happens. Uh, what, If you watch the you movie mean, again, are? you'll you'll see that. Uh, I've, I've watched it ten times at least in my life,
3: including last night. So refresh my memory. Besides saying that the, the demons, the beast will leave us alone tonight, which they do. What other things does she predict? I'll, I'll give you right? the biggest
0: one. As soon as they sacrifice the boy and Thomas Jane kills his own son, the the mist dissipates and and they all leave. Uh, <laughs> which is why oh. I can accept that ending. Okay, oh. I don't know. that's wow. interesting. All right. I just i I just don't like these characters that are these so called fanatics. That you immediately dismiss if they would have written the character as someone that we could probably get on board with and be like, she might actually have a point here instead of showing their cards and saying this is a scientific experiment going wrong. It could have made for a more interesting conflict within the characters that did decide to join her faction. i think you've got some some strong points
3: there i also think that like um this you know for for the realism that this is grounded in it's obviously still very fantastic and um there's you know there's some exaggeration taking place with with these characters on both sides but um yeah i I do think that when it comes to that 7.1 which again i think is fairly high and respectable uh if if the if that score is suppressed i think that a lot of people would also be turned off by the kind of anti-religious nature of this film.
2: Yeah. They also did a good job of what they failed the third character, Eric. They did a great job with Ollie's character, Toby Jones's character. People dismiss him as this bag boy bozo, but then turns out he's a sharpshooter and he can very much be very useful to all of you. And that's how you do it. I love love that.
3: Love Ollie. I love. So that's another thing about the, about the film is that like, the the pecking order collapses and then is being reordered like like the manager is trying like you're drinking beers Ali <laughs> and That's he's so like how funny. about you shut the fuck yeah. up and yeah. uh, listen for a second like because like you're the fact that you're a manager like you are not in charge of this place these yeah. fucking aliens are in charge of this place you know <laughs> and, and and yeah I re Ollie Jones or Ollie's character you know the character Ollie played by Toby Jones is easily my favorite uh, character in the film um just just uh you know the look on his face when he gets there first and has the doors open and he's got the gun and he's like I, you know i'm fucking I, we're, we're here we've done it and then that fucking thing <laughs> stuff, swipes him up oh it's brutal every time like fuck there he goes
2: ah. yeah yeah he uh, knew I knew a few people were going there and uh I, it's so the i want to i want to mention the uh the, the grounded realism in this movie really took the movie up a lot for me i really felt like this was this is almost like a dark night realism scenario with a fantasy element or a, a fantastical wild element obviously yeah. supernatural element yeah. because yeah. they're in a I mean it's grocery store the movie it's really <laughs> funny and because they're in this grocery store for most of the movie yeah. and the way so the way those two guys hang themselves from the military okay
1: mm-hmm.
2: which were shown this is the reason why I think the ending ends as it does because they've seen these guys who were in the military who knew more than they did, they killed themselves. So they're like, we have no we have no recourse now. We're stuck here in this car. We know their hanging is very crucial to the way the movie ends. But if the military did what it did and got through and was saving people and was clearing out brush, the military guys should have known that they were capable of doing that in some respect. So I got beef with that.
3: I got, um, I got an idea sort of too, um, which I, I you know I, you made some good points there, but you've also got my mind thinking about because um, I hadn't thought about the fact that they that that they see the soldiers kill themselves, so that kind of motivates them to kill themselves. That's an interesting take. Um, one of the things in the book that made it into the movie uh, when they when they do drive away, you, they do see a giant, like a giant moving across, um, you know. And to me, I realized last night watching them, like yeah, I think that's when they really lose hope. Cause like you no, see this, sure. you see this giant. It's like it's all fucking over. Like we're we run like and also like I mean how much gas do they have? Like gas, you know, like even a quarter a tank is gonna get you a, a decent distance. Um, but um, yeah, so I think that they lose their their hope largely because of the monster, or, you know, the, the giant, and also watching it this time for the first time in my life watching it, I thought to myself, well, I don't know that it's over. I don't know like he may like things may have been uh, like they could have been saved. The four of them had had he not done what he did and shot everyone in that moment, but I don't know that the world is saved. I don't know that, no. that this whole situation is taken care of and over at all. Like, I used to kind of... Not at like, all. Oh, like, like they've taken... You know, the military stepped in, they're taking care of it, but watching this time, like, there's no there's no stopping that fucking giant.
2: But the mist <laughs> clears up so much, too, all of a sudden. Like, there's mist right. around the car, and then all of a sudden, right. the mist goes away, too. I... <laughs> Seems a little convenient. Uh, you you could still be going through there, killing aliens and trying to survive with the mist still very much being
0: there.
3: Uh, yeah, somehow the army's presence is driving the mist itself yeah. away, and I've never really felt right about that. Yeah, I agree. There's. I mean, like, the fire, I guess, is doing it, maybe? I don't know.
0: If if only he turned the radio on. Uh, if only he'd he he left the in. gun.
3: He, ah, he
2: tried to he barely reached for it and he barely got the gun on the hood when the monster was coming at him yeah that's a good point and
3: he puts them and he puts them all at risk when he opens the door anyways to get the gun which is something else i hadn't really noticed before like he does a pretty like he ma- he makes a lot of good choices but he makes a lot of bad choices too going to the pharmacy is a bad choice and he loses that crowd after that like they, they all start turning to yeah. carmody
0: um that's and why i like him
3: like, yeah I, yeah I, he's very fallible
0: yeah absolutely yeah. the fucking flaming mop and jeffrey DeMunn calls him out like good idea you idiot you almost <laughs> burned the fucking place down <laughs> yeah. i love a fallible protagonist Um, yeah and he's
3: he's much less fallible than he was in the novella he's like a straight-up prick in the novella um which is which they had they had to back up on that some but like they there's more prickishness to him than i think i realized before like the fact that he's consistently leaving his son alone with like strangers even um to deal so that he can feel like he has agency in the situation which not great and his ideas are sometimes helpful sometimes not
2: yeah and he's also like Maybe if he means to or not, it's kind of a misogynist view he has. Like, here, he leaves the child with the woman quite all. Here, let me handle this.
0: Um, no, I, I think I'm you're right. Th- I'm thinking that stuff, too. But I also, thankfully, I had to stop and it'd be like, okay, let's prioritize things here. I mean, it's easier for us to be watching a horror movie. But if you are a David Drayton and you're actually seeing like demon baths and all this yeah. fucking yeah you're immediately you're gonna go into killer moths <laughs> i think they call it reptile brain yeah it's basically a fight or flight You you're not thinking about oh should i leave my my son with a woman that i'm kind of attracted to oh what if we <laughs> come on give me a break no, you you're prioritize right. and i think david for the most part does the right thing and everything he <laughs> tries to do well I, th- I think he's i think he's well-intentioned in everything he
3: tries to do and i definitely agree that you're right like he's responding he's like in he is in trauma mode like traumatic like Spot, responding to trauma kind of mode um and he, and he's and he's thinking way more clearly and way better than most people around him but um but i still think that like um and i you know i say this as someone who's not a father and never fucking will be but my thinking <laughs> is is that like my first priority if i was in that situation is i would never for one instant i mean i wouldn't leave my fucking dog I would not leave my, my I've be carrying around my dog the whole fucking time. Cause I'm not going to trust that some little critter creature thing is going to crawl up on her. Uh, so God knows how I treat my kid. I just wouldn't. That's so
0: yeah, I, that's a great point. But like when you, I mean, it's a succession thing. When you're trying to protect your kid, the window is the yeah. priority. No, the window yeah. that's the, 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 you know, the tunnel to that thing or person is, is the, the priority, but yeah. Interesting, and ultimately, he, he makes this promise that he keeps, which is so grim <laughs> that he will not let the
3: monsters get him okay. no matter what.
2: Yeah, that's true. He does keep yeah. the promise. Never, I gotta tell you, it's been a long time. I'm talking months, I can't even remember the time that I was more satisfied, really, than I when Ollie it. shot her through the fucking head. I knew you were. I, I not only audibly made noises by myself sitting here, I clapped multiple <laughs> times. I, I was actually shocked, by I was like, oh, yes. And the dog freaked out and everything. And I loved it. I fucking loved it. This and that's is, what the movie really drew me in. It's like, oh, yeah.
3: This I all tracks. It. I figured that you would fucking hate her and that you would rejoice when she was killed. Uh, <laughs> hey,
2: you know me well, man. Hey, call, call it like it is. That is yeah. definitely... I, I was... I mean, I knew I didn't like her, but I just didn't think she was going to get murdered. And so that was, for the first time viewer of this film, it was so cool. It was so refreshing. Everything was at stake here. Nothing was out of bounds. And that's why... I really bought in at that point. I and was the saying.
0: reaction, the reaction is fucking fantastic. There's no like like uh, like Schwarzenegger one-liner. He says that like basically the threat has been eliminated. Yeah. I don't know if I like how David says thank you. I think he would be I like, do. Well, Jesus Christ. I love that. You know, yeah, no, I,
3: I really like the thank you. Because there's literally no other way they get out of that situation. He like, knows. He's, he's he- thanking him for saving his son, really. Like, um, like thank you for diffusing that situation because she's not like an unarmed woman. She's holding a knife. She's wielding an entire crowd. They killed
2: the military kid, so they already saw what they would do. They they were a major threat to them, a physical threat.
3: There's literally no other way out of the situation that, that I can possibly imagine. With uh, neutralizing her is the only way to do that, and that. killing her because and their life is at risk. So Ollie's completely like justified in what he does, but he still is like, I just shot a woman who's like not holding a gun, you know? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. so that's why he like tries to explain himself. Exactly. And he's like, yeah, that's why I said thank you. <laughs> yeah, let's just just
2: leave it, Ollie. We got bigger fish to fry. Exactly. Right? Yeah.
3: <laughs> there's a
2: context, and there's a there is a hierarchy. You say. You said earlier, Travis, everything collapses here, but still, it, there's still is yeah, yeah a, a reordering. That's fair, okay. And I I love that. I, and then after that, I'm just like, you know, when the movie ends and all that shit happens,
3: yeah.
2: I I was like, I said they they set me up on Twitter by saying the ending didn't tell me what it was, but it kind of ruined it because Thomas Jane's screams, which are you know legitimate. That, I mean, this guy's really trying to authentically and realistically have a traumatic moment. He just killed. His own son and other people, and he's he's in hell. He wants to pull the trigger. He tries to pull the trigger. There's yeah. no bullets left, Oof. and
3: he knows it. Too, uh, but he still goes through the motions. It's tough. Yeah, but that, and I
2: mean, that's, that's, that's the sin. fucking
3: military like, fucks it all up. It's so stupid. I mean, even watching that last night for like again, like the dozenth time, wow. or whatever, I could just feel my yeah. face be like, oh
0: my yeah. god, this is so hard to watch. Yeah, <laughs> as as they, dude. For me, as soon as they introduced the kid in the beginning, I'm like, you fucks, like. Like what? It's a cinema sin to kill the dog, let alone the fucking, <laughs> let alone the fucking kid. I'm it's not, sorry. It not just that the kid dies; the father who's protected him the whole time. Yeah. I mean, I think that would have really worked on paper. That's a great old Henry Ambrose Beers type of thing to do, in a in a story. But for me, it's such a fucking cruel ending for a visual in a visual media. For me, that it it just doesn't work for me. I'm in that camp.
2: And the mom just gets completely ignored. I mean, they stop by for a second. But, like, I feel like she should have been mentioned more by them while they're in the grocery store. Like, the son would have been really panicking about, Mom, we left
3: mom he there. Does, mom, mom, mom. But he does it's it mentioned, but times. it's not.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I just felt like it would have been more of a priority and a freak out.
3: If anything, I find it more very convenient that she's like, uh, webbed up in the front window so they could just drive up and be like, Oh, oh there she is. Let's keep going. <laughs>
2: yeah, nice. We didn't have to get oh, out or maybe go around.
1: <laughs> there
2: it is. I yep. I was definitely Mark doing Isham. that too. Yeah. Oh, very, man. Very I fucking
3: Mark Isham score here like this is a, well that wasn't uh, that was uh park. dead
0: that was dead can't dance 1991 host of the oh. seraphim that's like yeah that's so, so much track dead track can't life. dance
3: <laughs> i remember dead can dance i had a dead wow. can dance t-shirt back in the 90s yeah um, i did i,
0: I do remember I that
3: did. but um and if i didn't realize that was them i always thought that was isham part of isham score so that makes a lot more sense i'm like wow that is such a fucking departure <laughs> yeah <absolutely. laughs> okay thank you for that
2: <laughs> but you're right when when the trucks come by and the woman First, left in the beginning to with save her the, children, and she called them all cowards. Her, right? Yeah, it's,
3: she called she them all cowards.
0: Her, she got her kids I out. I love that. Too. I mean, yeah. my problem is the comeuppance comes there, there's no comeuppance. I mean, you got Thomas Janik hero who's doing the whole entire film doing what he thinks is right. He has to suffer. The fucking army should have been the one that failed, and yet they they about- take out the threat.
3: How about the motherfuckers back at the store who survived the, 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 the butcher, the fucking, like all of these horrible people. But you know what? This is a pretty, and I've said this recently about other horror movies. So I feel like I'm reusing this word a lot, but it's a fairly nihilistic film. Oh, this is very much, that. you're like, we're in this fucking fishbowl together. It's a total fucking crap shoot. No one gets what they deserve. No one gets what uh, is coming to them yeah. for better or for worse. You're just fucking flailing about, and we'll yeah. see what happens and that's it's very much that kind of movie so it's another reason why i'm kind of surprised by the high score because it's not a satisfying movie despite that satisfying moment of, of right. carmody's death uh it's it's a movie that will frustrate the viewer in a lot of ways and there's
0: your i think there's where your low score comes in like if i'm if i'm the studio head well i if i'm the studio head here i'm harvey weinstein so i kill myself yeah. But before i kill myself <laughs> Before I kill myself, I, I, I'm sorry, I sorry, I'd force Darabont to change this ending, which he would not budge on. Thank God.
2: I like that. And it is a thought-provoking ending. Even if it you don't like it, it creates a ton of discussion. And just by, like I said, the, the Twitter responses, remember this. This is a 14-year-old movie, and it stuck with them. So whether you liked Love it you. or not, Darabont made his point, and his point yeah. was just to think and consider the notions of all that he leaves you with from every action you saw not just the ending the ending is a culmination of all the other bits and pieces of mistakes and grievances and just fallible errors that are created through the terror of the unknown
0: yeah he he it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow but he definitely drives home the fact that as a species we're totally and completely unprepared for any epic disaster be it Katrina 911 yeah. anything yeah. uh in
3: spades yeah and this is filmed in Shreveport directly after the storm which i think is fitting and again like like there's these you know like there's a reference at one point that the the soldier played by uh Sam Whitmer is is about to like depart for either Afghanistan or Iraq so you do have this sense oh, of like man. what's going on in the background and and i watch it now in the, in the covid era and uh and i feel like again like a lot of this rings true now you know so like i think it's i think that this is a pretty timeless film in a lot of ways because it represents a lot of the horrible ways that people respond to tragedy and 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 like this kind of situation like think of when first of all like you're dealing with the like you don't even know if the in, if they're if you're dealing with insects but why are you got all these lights shining out the window into the mist the first night <laughs> it's a terrible call you just it's a fucking beacon but okay so you're doing that but once they figure out that they need to turn the, turn the lights off at the same time there's other well-intentioned people running around the back turning lights on just utter fucking chaos and mm-hmm. that's just the way things work oh, and we are yeah. all in it together well, with these varying ideas of how to respond to crisis and yeah. uh, you know we all are well intentioned, but sometimes we end up with a fucking mop on fire. And, yeah. and when that dude catches fire, he's on fire for like a full minute straight.
2: Oh yeah, that's it's hell. Yeah. And and the I'll give the movie credit for not just sticking with like one being they. That really yeah. surprised me when these bugs showed up now slowly on the windows. Oh, there's others. There's there's a velociraptor slash pterodactyl type thingies. <laughs> now, it could be anything. These things are just any Good. type of being possible. Spiders, arachnophobia, yes. it's all kinds of shit. And that makes the movie better to me. It makes the unknown even more unknown and just confuses and creates more chaos uh, for everybody.
0: I, I, I'm sitting there watching it last night and I kind of wish it came out here during these current circumstances, because I don't think it's any, well, I'm not sure either way, but I don't know if it's any uh, intention. If there's an intention to set it in a grocery store where it's, Mm it's, it's a place that's filled with consumers. And are these the people that decide that should pay the ultimate price, the, the capitalist aspect? And, and you talk about COVID. I mean, you, you walk into a fucking Kmart if there is one and you don't have mask on. I hate to go here, but you, may as, you, you are just as likely to get dragged out like Sam Witwer on your way to fucking Golgotha uh, like an like in <laughs> incredible scene if, if you're not doing what they think you should be
3: doing. Yeah, not if you're shopping <laughs> in Livingston County, but I don't know. It really depends on which place you're talking about because you're just as likely to get shit for wearing a mask. But um, <laughs> I got a question for you guys. Um, you're going into the pharmacy. Okay. You are not Ollie, so you don't have the gun. Which weapon do you pick? Do you pick the axe? you pick the crowbar? Do you mm-hmm. pick the fucking stick with a knife taped to it? you pick the, the axe. stick? The yeah. sharpened stick that Jeffrey DeMunn has? You have. He kills that spider. I mean, hand? that came
2: through, through in the clutch with the spear. Give him credit for that.
3: Dude, the fucking sharp spit stick ends up being the best weapon out of all of them. Because the axe gets carted off like nothing. <laughs> uh, and then I, th- so I feel like the crowbar would be really good. But you, you put it in the hands of William Sadler, so they ended up, you know, Losing it, I guess. I don't know. He, yeah, does he, doesn't, he's got doesn't and he then also the lady get had the fucking Porch? Fire. No, no. Um, he he was okay. He, he gets survived. like
2: stabbed with a thing. I felt like he got injured, wounded by it, but I guess it doesn't infect you. That's another thing about this. It's such a mystery. Like, if you get wounded, are you infected by something? Because well, these so, other people are like living beings taken over like by
0: other. Fucking-
3: other that,
0: that chick Sally blew up like Marty Short in pure luck. Well, that, that's one of the
3: things I really love about the movie too is that these are not evil creatures, really. I mean, they're just animals. They're animals. It, these are so literally you have two animal kingdoms colliding, and they're no, just no, behaving no. like animals do. And so there, there's a different reaction, you know. Like the, there's some of them are going to be poisonous, some of them aren't. It's it's <laughs> like anything any other animal kingdom, which I think is really cool. Yeah,
2: I wanted to mention uh, the pacing of this film. I wanted to give it credit because. It goes right into it, but it also sets the tone where people think they have a handle on the situation early on. So it it doesn't move too slow, but it also doesn't go way fast where it would seem kind of fraudulent about how some people turn one way or another. It yeah. does a really good job saying, OK, well, we clearly had a serious storm, but oh, we're going to go uh, get some stuff from the grocery store. We'll be OK. And it's slowly but steadily Changes and uh, I think the pacing of this film is outstanding. really well done. And I think it could determine hey, whether this is a good movie or not. It could really change the film. All
0: right, I 100% got a, agree with you. Yeah, we got a two-hour and five-minute movie, and that first that the first ninety minutes clips along incredibly for me. Soon as Thomas Jane and everybody else Uh leaves the store and it's it's basically the script is is symbolizing the fact that the, the story is just driving and driving until it eventually runs out of gas. It 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 just starts to I, I start to get out of it after what they leave the store. So you would have so you would have rather they just walked out at the end and that be the. I end. love the original novella when they decide to just drive because there's some hope in Hartford that the mist may may not be there. But even I, still, in in that there
3: is like it goes on after they leave the store because it talks about them driving. It talks about the fucking giant walking over them. Sure,
0: yeah, for a few paragraphs, but 25 minutes of just like driving and then this this ending that I can't not that get behind. One, is it? Is that what you, yeah, It's pretty long? Well, that includes the fight in the parking lot, then, right? Perhaps I, I, I just imagine. think that <laughs> perhaps you, you you're <laughs> talking like you timed it. What do you mean, perhaps?
3: <laughs> when did you time it from? It
0: feels <laughs> like an appendage. I'll just say. That uh,
3: okay. I'm right. uh, gonna
2: <laughs> uh, mention one other thing here too. Why does there have to be mist? Why can't they just be animals who came through a portal?
3: <laughs> it looks cool. creepy.
2: Because awesome. they want to make it more secretive. That's it. That's only for oh, the I'll tell you what, movie. They're That's trying the only reason.
0: The, the sci-fi channel original movie effects of that tentacle. and that. <laughs> very, there <laughs> we go. We, oh, shit. I forgot to yeah. mention that. Yeah. Really yeah.
2: fucking bad when they go out there to the, get the vent and opening up the door. Terrible. It's a low very budget.
0: They've yeah. got the crew from The Shield, like a TV crew. But the richness, I think that cinematography is actually really good. The shadows are no, dark, it is. It's very rich. Yeah, but the, that's the, fine. the cinematography
3: yeah. is awesome. The acting is awesome. The p- direction is awesome. Like there's a lot that's awesome. The special effects definitely need a bit of work in, a, in quite a few places. Oh my and, God. Even, and even some of the creature design, I'm not really thrilled about. Brotherhood this, right? of the Wolf or this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'll say this but um like the, like the spiders with like the death skull faces like that doesn't look That's cool crazy. i'm sorry That'd... yeah
2: it reminded me of a uh, zelda ocarina of time
3: hey listen <laughs> um so <laughs> I, I agree but there you know there is a suspension of disbelief that has to take place i guess with a you know
2: do they explain the mist in the in the novella like why it's mist.
3: Well, this not I mean like why it's missed doesn't know, but like you don't know, but I mean, you do like again, like a portal has been opened, things are coming through, presumably their world is misty, and they're bringing their atmosphere, they oh. you know, the, the air is streaming through just the same as. And, and either there's a collision happening as their air co- combines with ours, and that's creating right. the mist, or the mist is, like, what their world is, and it's preceding them as they come. And I like that it comes, like, a herald before them. Like, I, I, I like that, like, whatever, you know, like, you, you're safe so long as you're not interacting with this mist. And it's not like the mist is some acid rain that dissolves you as soon as you touch it, but, like, <laughs> uh, you know, but it is, like, something that these creatures can move freely in. Yeah. And, can't and it's freely it's speaking
0: to your excellent point that these are – this is just – like a uh, like another eco- ecosystem that's just here now. It's not like they couldn't just leave the door open to the grocery store and they would just hoard on in. It's just a possibility that they might find themselves in there. It's not right. like this this threat like like anything else we see in other horror movies. I think the big question that we're we're not talking about how the fuck has Frank Darabont never directed a movie since two thousand seven? What's going on here? Yes, what's his last one, right? Yeah, and that's fourteen
3: years. Yeah, um I was actually I heard an interview about this recently and I'm a little sketchy on the details, but I know that he got into some sort of litigious back and forth over something and just got a really bad taste in his mouth and and deliberately left filmmaking. Like he do- wow. he doesn't really talk to people Shameful. from the filmmaking world anymore, but basically yeah. like he got sued or like, something to do with law. Mm. And like losing the rights to something, I and, and you know I, I should have done the, my research wow. before this, but like basically he was just like you know like like I have an icky feeling about filmmaking now. Oh, uh,
2: AMC Network settles Walking Dead lawsuit with Frank Darabont for two hundred million dollars.
3: That's what it was. He, it was the and, whole Walking Dead fiasco. Yeah. Uh, yeah, imagine how the, the the quality and brevity of that show had he been able to stay on, it wouldn't still be on the fucking air. He would have wrapped it up like a gentleman.
0: Please. Please thank you. I know we spent uh, two years on an Indiana Jones 4 screenplay that's really fucking good and online and they were like yeah no we're going to take a pass uh, Yeah, so
3: uh, I, I, for someone who's created one of the AFI's like top 100 films uh, in Shawshank I don't think that he I don't think he ever got quite the he got, got cheminoed yeah he didn't get the respect that he deserves and then he'll you know he'll age on and people will oh what a great fucking yeah, loss it is when he eventually passes you know
2: uh, Matt's made the comment earlier. The mist was so underrated. It reminds me of Bird Box, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've not seen Bird Box. Any comparisons?
3: Um, I do think that uh, the mist is sort of an is sort of an apocalypse movie. I think, and sure. I and I I like that
0: comparison. Yeah. yeah, it's people dealing with an unexpected event that they have no concept or way to be able to know how to handle. So for sure. And I wouldn't be surprised if
3: Bird Box was directly influenced by The Mist in some ways. Lord knows, uh, I mean, like a lot of The Mist also gets plugged into earlier seasons of Walking Dead, as we already said. Like that kind of drab post-apocalyptic feel. That 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 like because the movie he wanted the movie to be black and white. Like that's how he prefers the film Darabont. Like it's supposed to be a black and white film. So yeah. he uh-huh. like the so the um it, it's shot it, to be easily converted to black and white film, and it kind of feels that way. There's a very lackluster kind of color to the film
0: i love how we we have another silent hill deal here with jacob's ladder uh silent hill is clearly influenced by that and yet the mist visually looks a lot like the silent hill video game on ps1 was a lot of fun i mean so interesting visually Hmm. i'd like to also getting back
3: to carmody real quick um I, I really like uh, some of the, you know, for all of the bombastic uh, over the top things that's yeah. happening with the character, there's some subtleties too. Like she turns on Sam Whitware at one point and she's like, he points his finger as she points her, her finger at him. Or yeah. when she's, or when she stops him like stealing food now, as she's drinking milk that she's clearly stolen from the well, store. Well, there you go. Like, that uh, has
0: to be intentional. The whole, well, like, he who gets the first stone
3: absolutely and and then and then literally she gets a stone sort of uh cast at her which is right another another satisfying (laughs) moment when she gets a can of peas to the head (laughs) Uh, yeah that's right
2: oh yeah that's the kind of shit that would happen though i dig that yeah uh okay well hey we've covered this movie in great detail uh last call for alcohol here for the mist 2007 film by frank darabont uh travis you picked this film Would you care to lead off
3: i think you um, know where you stand yeah i think you know where i stand I, there's there's a there's a point in the film where um where lori holden's character that's her name right is um yes is arguing that oh people aren't that bad it's gonna be okay and like pretty much everybody around her is like no people are not <laughs> and she so goes because but we're a civilized nation or we're a civilized you know we're a society or a society right. or whatever and and, <laughs> and uh, drayton responds like yeah in, until you put us in the dark and the machine stopped working and you scare the shit out of people and then things start to fall apart. It's like,
1: eh, yeah,
3: there's some truth to that, unfortunately. And it's, and it's a lot easier <laughs> and entertaining uh, to see that played in a, played out in a fictional film than it is, you know, to live it over a year and a half or two. Um, so I do find the movie resonates still, uh, in fact, I think that for all the times that I've watched it, um, unlike a lot of movies that when we sit down to rewatch them here, even if I think they hold up and like them, they don't. I don't feel as strongly about them as I used to. The, you know, the, the, some of the allure has has worn off. I think that last night's viewing may have been one of the, if not the best viewing, other than maybe the first wow. viewing that I've ever had. I really got a lot out of it. I really enjoyed taking notes and thinking a little more deeply about it, and just immersing myself in the film. I really, really love this movie. Um, i love it even more than I thought I would. I, I, again, like I, I, this movie holds up extremely well for me. I, and I'm glad that I chose it because part of me was like, maybe I'll feel a little differently about it. I don't think I was going to like suddenly hate it or anything, but it had been a good, I don't know, five years since I watched it or so. So I was due and man, I fucking love the mist.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right, who's next? Me or you, Eric? Go Flip for it, Mike.
0: Go for it, dude. In a world where
2: people have problems, <laughs> but they can't solve them civilly. Civilly? Civilize? In a civilized way?
3: Civilizedly. Civilized uh, civilized.
2: Civilizedly. Okay. Civiliciously. Uh, Civilicious Manor, also known as Grocery Store, the movie, is a wonderful film. It's got a lot to offer. Uh, first-time viewer here, so... I didn't know much about it other than there was some mist involved and it would likely be a scary film. And after that, all bets were off. Uh, Thomas Jane goes over the top in this movie. He's probably... There are certain points where he's like ham, uh, but maybe that's called for in the film. Uh, He definitely tries to give everything he's got in this movie. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how much Thomas Jane has. I mean, we we saw it. We do know how much he has, actually. We've seen it. This is like... Is it. I mean, he's he's great in Boogie Nights uh, oh, yeah. in a more, like, psycho way. In this movie, he's like a leader, and he's trying to really feel pain. But I actually thought he felt pain in a much more genuine way in Boogie Nights with that smaller role. Anyway, that doesn't matter. There's a shitload of stuff to dissect in this film people like you said the factionalism is what this movie is all about and the decisions that people make and the, how we all judge other people's decisions like oh i wouldn't do that yeah. or you wouldn't do that this movie is perfect for that type of debate and breaking it down about what would you do in a situation and why are we, you why not you would make a choice to go a certain way but then still might not work out how you think, even if you judge it to be that way with all your logic and reason, like Andre Brower represents logic as much as possible. And what is real? He's mm-hmm. that part of the movie. And then you got the more spiritual side, of course, with Carmody. And then you've just got like people who are caught in the middle, who just want to survive. They don't really give a shit. They're not tied to as many beliefs, but they can also be easily turned to certain beliefs. And this movie does a really great job of that. I, I don't care about the ending. I really don't. It doesn't ruin it for me. If anything, it's still thought-provoking and fascinating. Uh mildly disappointing with the military showing up. But uh, I really love this movie. It had me like Wow. I was I was locked in on this film. Like, like oh, I mean, besides Carmody's bullshit, but I was like really <laughs> caught up in like suspense, like, oh shit, what's going on? Like it's so grounded in reality, even though it is slightly supernatural. It's it's really cool, man. I'm really that's why I'm surprised the rating wasn't higher. I thought it was a seven-seven. That's that's what I would have thought. So,
0: all right, uh, good choice. I really dug it. Awesome. Wow, I bet that fires Travis right on up. <laughs> I, I actually kind of had a feeling Mike would like it because yeah. uh,
3: the, because you know the movie again is about the pe- it's about people and there's a lot of messaging happening here that I that I thought you would probably find uh, you know thoughtful. Fuck
0: you are yeah, correct, yeah. sir. <laughs> uh, i mean we've talked about it before truly great horror is always going to be a human struggle and not a supernatural one yeah i'm so tired of these movies that make religious and uneducated people seem gullible and stupid i think we need to let that ship sail uh but a movie like this is is not only fun in a b-grade roger corman sort of way but it has a lot of satirical power reminds me of a movie like invasion of the body snatchers which Mm -hmm takes this emotionless conformity of the pod people and it's relation their relationship with soviet communism and it brings it into the 21st century with something like like it or not patriot act movie is about perseverance in the face of seemingly impenetrable odds and you've got technically a fucking incredible effort at a time 2007 where horror needed a fucking uh jump start Mm. and Frank Darabont doesn't get enough credit for the work he does, not just with Stephen King, but in terms of his directing. Uh, It made you think, man, like it or love it. uh, Like like it or leave it, man. It'll definitely make you think. I fucking love the film, man. Holds up completely.
3: All right. Three holds up. I'll say like it or love it. These are your options.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's a clean sweep for The Mist 2007. Congratulations to The Mist. Uh also, I thought The Majestic was Peter Weir. It seemed like a Peter Weir movie, but that makes sense. Uh, I don't want either to way. It, off. I turned, it still I sucks. Turn
3: that shit right <laughs> off. <laughs>
2: Yikes. A bad all right. So we hope you enjoyed this episode, the Halloween edition of Cinema 9 Podcast. Cinema 9 Pod at ProtonMail.com. Give us your feedback. What do you think of The Mist? You can always chime in on the live stream like everybody who did today. We had a lot of comments. Uh, thanks for all the commentary and for uh, the newcomers. Great to see you. You can... Sub, connect with the show on all standard podcast platforms. Also, the YouTube feed. We do these live streams. So you can sub our YouTube page, Cinema9 Pod. And next week we'll be off. So are we announcing the movie for two weeks from now or no?
0: Sure. I'm ready to
2: rock. Okay. Eric Bransham has <sighs> control the board.
0: <sighs> I, decided <to> <laughs> I, know, I decided to throw a I know. I decided to throw a curveball your way, man. Last Last November. Uh, Halloween's over. It's time to time to go into a new direction. Last November, I threw a curveball your way with Demolition Man, and I had a lot of fun with Demolition Man. So I thought I'd I'd throw another one your way, and this might be this might be way out there, but I don't, I just don't give a fuck, man. I've been thinking about this movie lately, and it struck me, Christ! Not only does no one no one talk about like no one talk about it, no one even thinks about it, and I remember liking it back in nineteen ninety three. It's Director Stephen Hopkins follow up to Predator Two, Travis. Uh, this cast is incredible. Emilio Estevez, Cuba Gooding Jr., Jeremy, oh, Kevin, boy! Yep. Judgment Night. Yep. <laughs>
2: soundtrack for the ages.
3: Yeah.
0: Judgment All
3: right. Night. Judgment night. All right. Been a long time.
2: God, I never watching it a lot. And like, oh yeah, Judgment Night. Like the soundtrack from the movie. Oh, At least okay. that was Everyone my
0: did. past experience. Hey, so we'll see what happens.
2: A lot of heavy hit. Early Dennis Leary too, in that, so
0: Peter Green yeah. as the bad guy, believe it or not. What a, what a shock. Dennis I Leary. Am. Well, you're picking another, both these yeah, de-
2: movies, Demolition Man, <laughs> Judgment <laughs> Night have Dennis I am. Leary. I am. Yeah. See what happens, man. <laughs> Running the streets with Dennis Leary movies. Okay. Well, Hey, let's see what happens in two weeks. Not next week. Uh, next week, who knows what'll happen, but we won't be here, but, um,
1: you know, maybe something. go about your we'll business. See. Yeah. Go about go your go for a walk.
2: Yeah. Go for a walk. Go I don't for know. Take walk. your dog outside. Uh, think about what you've done this year and if you're satisfied with your actions and then Check come back and let us know
1: episodes. <laughs> oh yeah
2: you can always go back in time and i mean these are all in perpetuity they don't really have like you have to listen to them when we do them they're always just kind of there in time because they're like permanent opinions for the most part i mean opinions could change i suppose but knowing some of you too it's, kind of pre-
3: it's kind of the yeah. premise of our show <laughs> <laughs> that our a, opinions of these in my life <laughs> they
2: they do from 25 years ago yes but over the last year uh probably not but they could change but the right. point being is that what we talk about with the movies they're evergreen they're always there so you can listen to them if you love movies we got what 82 episodes so're 80
3: a second episode now we're, we're, we're to towards 100.
2: Uh, bye. I wonder what we'll do for 100 Maybe we should have like a, uh, I don't know, um, do a live stream from fingered. a mountaintop or something. <laughs>
3: Freddie got fingered. That's a joke. The That's movie itself. Uh, All maybe right. We could
2: do like a, I don't know. We, we got a lot of ideas. If you guys have ideas, send them to cinnamon9pod.com. But until then, we're off. We're going to enjoy ourselves next week. We're going to see each other in real life and uh, looking forward to that. It hopefully will be a wonderful time. And until that day, for Matt Wilson, who says Judgment Night was a great underrated one. movie. Soundtrack was unbelievable. Yes, Matt, you are correct. Travis Roy, Eric Brancher, Michael Govier saying thanks for tuning in and we'll see you.
3: I hear something. What? Something fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs>